This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max brought to you by Bastion GRP specialising in recruiting in concrete and construction and defence and engineering. BastionGRP.com. Head over to their website. Joining me on the show today is an Essendon football club superstar. He's out currently with concussion. But Jake Kelly, it's an absolute honour to have you on. Thanks for having me, Max. You appreciate it, mate. Now, Jake, I want to get straight into this year and what the process has been like for you guys at the club. Obviously, a lot of fresh faces um, and new dynamics to the club. What's that been like? It's been really good, mate. Um, we've had a good... Um, Brad, Brad came in, obviously, at the end of last year and has been fantastic. Um, so he's implemented a lot of things um, in terms of our defence, which has really helped the club, I think, um, and help, has helped in the way we've been playing. Um had a tough run the last month, um, but hopefully over the next coming weeks we can get back to winning some games and, um, yeah, um, playing play some somewhat easier teams um, who, yeah, we can get a few wins with. So, mate, it's been really good. Loving it. Um, it's a good environment down there. Um, um, but that's all, 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 always a byproduct of, of winning games and being competitive in games. So as long as you're doing that, I feel like the environment is always is, is pretty good. It looks like you guys have gone to sort of a more defensive style of football. Does it feel that way? We probably had more of a focus on defence. Um, teams yeah. were able to move the ball pretty easily on us last year from defence to forward 50. So we had a big focus on that throughout the year, or throughout the preseason rather, in trying to, to curb that. Um, so it might look that way, yeah. Um, we've trained it a lot. We haven't focused too heavily on offence. Um, it's been really a matter of just um, getting that defensive system right um, and our offense generally comes off the back of that good defensive system. So, so far this year, you guys are four and four. Obviously, uh, I mean, the concussion setting you back. So what's the timeline sort of look like for that for you in the rehab process? Yeah, given I've had a few concussions, Matthew, I, I'm going to take it very easy. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually not putting a time frame on it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just... Um, obviously in conjunction with the medical staff at the club, um, mm. I'll just make a decision about when I'm ready to play again. Seeing yeah. a few specialists at the moment, um, just doing some rehab for my for my head. So um, I'm feeling really good, but um, I, I, um, it could be, yeah, a few weeks. Um, it could be shorter than that. So um, it's very much a week-by-week week proposition. So what's that been like for you going through? Obviously, you've had multiple concussions now, as you mentioned um, before. What's that been like to go through that process again and, do symptoms worsen each time? They have typically for me. Um, so the first ones I got, I very, I didn't really get too many symptoms um, and they were significantly worse than the ones I've got, the last two I've got. Um, yep. Yeah, so the last two I've got have been delayed concussions. Um, and yeah, the symptoms have been quite bad. Not not severe um, by any stretch, but um, they have taken a while to, to, to get right. Um, so... Given it's yeah, sort of my fifth now, I'm I'm gonna just take it very slowly, um, yep. and make sure I'm doing all my rehab. It, it, one thing this latest concussion has done is is made me go and seek specialist advice and help, yeah, um, with the support of our medical team at the club. So that's been a real really great thing that's come of it because I think there's a lot of improvements I can make um, neurologically um, to my own head in terms of just getting sort of that spatial awareness back and mm-hmm. the confidence to move my head quickly. And, um, yeah, I think that's something I can improve on, definitely. 
Is that something that's sort of a fragile space at the moment? Like, is there anything in terms of physical stuff you're doing at the moment in, in the club in terms of like weights and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of physical stuff at the club today. For example, I went in and did train and weights and did, and did mm-hmm. that fully. So from that from that side of things, I'm fine um, mm-hmm. and, and that's great. Um, it's just um, sort of some more technical aspects to do with your head that I'm probably not at the level with um, yeah. right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I'm seeing specialists for that and, and that and that's been fantastic. So hopefully in the coming weeks, I can um, feel confident confident again to go out there and, and play. So how have you guys as a group approached this season? Obviously, Sam Draper and Dylan Shields um, are starring through the middle at the moment. Nick Hind providing a bit of star power and running speed um, off the halfback flank. Um, yeah, mate, it's been good. So we've, uh, as a group approaching this season, I think it was one which was probably without expectation, really, given we've got a new yeah. coach coming in. Um, it was very much um, embedding a new game plan and understanding that may take a bit of time to to really implement game day. Mm-hmm. Um, every team really wants to do the same thing, I think, largely in the AFL. It's about who can do it for longer. Um, and who can do it against the best teams. So I think we've shown this year that we can implement that game plan um, against teams potentially that are more at our level right now. Um, yeah. And we've shown for periods of time, um, example, Anzac Day um, against Port Adelaide, against Geelong, where we can really, if we're playing our way and playing our system, we can um, match it with the best and and, and, and and even go one step further and beat them. So... We're very confident that as we go down the line um, further into this year, that um, if we can produce three or four quarters of our, our way, then we're a chance to be competitive with every team and, and, and beat them. You can see you guys' confidence growing on field week in, week out. Um, it looks like you guys are really starting to gel on the chemistries building in the group. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, yeah, I think that just comes with trusting your system and um, everyone's very... Um, understanding of what we've got to do. It's just about being able to implement it under under serious pressure um, and an environment that's, that is that is stressful um, in front of, call it, what, 50, 60, 70,000, the MCG. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we've got to implement it under fatigue. So um, we, we, we've got absolute trust in what we're doing. Um, we've got absolute trust in the game plan and, 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 and what Brad's implemented. Um, it's just now about doing it for four quarters under under pressure. I want to get into your junior career, Jake, playing obviously for the Q Comets, I believe, as a junior. What was the main focus um, as a kid yourself? Did you have your sights originally always set on the AFL? Um, mate, yeah, I did. Um, I was, uh, yeah, played for Glenarch Gladiators as a kid and Q Comets, um, so did a bit of both, um, and also played for school and for Oakley Chargers. So um, I guess from a young age, my, my, Dad played AFL, so I always had an ambition to play AFL, I think. Um, and it probably wasn't until I was in my early teens where I really probably started actioning that um, in terms of, call it diet, professionalism and, and, and bits and pieces like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, from that, from, a, from, yeah, call it from an early age, I did, I did have an ambition to play AFL um, and I wasn't necessarily the most gifted player, so I, I didn't sort of I didn't know whether whether I would make it um yeah. uh, I probably had to work a bit harder than other people early on just to get to a point where I was putting my hand up to be drafted but 
um, that taught me a lot of lessons once I got into the AFL. As a teenager coming to that 17 and 18 age bracket and going into obviously the draft combine, what did that process, not only the draft combine consist of for you, but obviously maintaining a well-balanced diet and nutrition, like you mentioned before? Yeah, I I, I think, um, yeah, probably from 16 onwards, I was very, uh, probably at a pretty high level in terms of my professionalism, probably yeah. beyond my years in a way, um, just out of necessity because I had to. Um <laughs> As plenty of was people that, would was that self enforced? Self enforced, yeah, yeah. I, I probably had a bit of um, guidance from my dad, um, but he never pushed me in it at all. But mm. I probably understood from an early age, and I, I was very lucky that I did do this. That I understood if I didn't, if I didn't become professional and, and more professional than who, who I was competing against, then I was probably going to be left behind because I just didn't have the skill level, uh, uh, probably of other people in my draft year. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't didn't have the skill level to, to be putting my head up to be drafted. So I probably had to find other ways to really leapfrog those people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I identified that pretty early and was able to really put my head down from an early age and, and pride myself on probably working harder than other people that, at, that, at that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it held me in really good stead going forward, I felt. And um, I initially didn't get a call up to the draft combine and um, – I played a few games for the Collingwood VFL team because they were going to uh, potentially select me as a father-son. Um, and then from a few of those games, I was able to put a decent performance together and with a late invite to the draft combine. And I think there I was able to show my running ability, um, which was a positive. But yeah, mate, I was nowhere near the top of the, the draft crop. I was very much at the back, um, hoping to get drafted rather than knowing I was going to. So what did those VFL games look like for yourself and how, I guess, did you analyse your own performance? Yeah, there was probably one game and uh, we were co- I was coached in the development space there at Collingwood by Craig McRae, who's obviously coaching yeah. the club now. Um, so he was fantastic for me. We would go in and I'd watch my vision with him from games um, that I'd play throughout the, throughout the year and um, he was fantastic. Um, so oh. late in the year, I was able to get called up and, played under Dale Tapping, who's a coach of mine now at Essendon um, yep. in the Collingwood VFL. And I played one game at Werribee, um, I reckon, late in the year, probably August and 2000, and I would have been 13. And I played quite well for someone my age, I guess, and probably one of the better games I've played that year. And that probably let some people know that I probably could play at the level potentially. There, there was that – I did have that ability. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a big step for me um, in knowing that I could compete against um, AFL standard players um, and VFL standard players. So yeah, from that game, I was able to obviously get go to the combine, and 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 from there was lucky enough to get to get picked up. That I can imagine that would have instilled a huge amount of confidence in yourself, um, knowing that you can compete at um, an elite level. Yeah, it did. Um, but at the same time, I uh, I remember. I got called up for the final actually against Port Melbourne. I think yeah. it was against Port Melbourne. Collingwood, Port Melbourne. Um, they well, a Collingwood player went down late and um, in the week, and I, I was called up to fill a role. Um, and I remember that game. I finished the game with no, next to no touches. So wow. <laughs> I did play one great game, but then there was also the next week. I was I was pretty average again. So. Yeah, it, it's a it's a difficult caper in that respect. It, um, one week you can be very high, and the next week you can be pretty low. It's just about you're not getting caught up emotionally in that. 
what was your emotions like? And I want to get into the mentality side of being picked at uh, pick 40 in the AFL 2014 rookie draft. Yeah, mate, it was an amazing experience. I um, I was actually at schoolies um, having a few drinks and <laughs> as, you, as you do up there. And yeah. I was um, – got a Wait, call Did you watch it? My manager, I think. No, I, I well, I, I did. It, the rookie draft wasn't actually televised, so yeah. the draft was the week before, mm-hmm. um, and then I went to schoolies the next day. And a lot of my mates got drafted. And I, I never, I didn't have any expectations to get drafted in the main draft. Um, yeah, but mm, I was still disappointed when I didn't. Um, and then I went up to schoolies, and I was told up there, I think that Collingwood were weren't going to take me in the rookie draft. Um, mm-hmm. So that was disappointing, but I knew probably a few months out that Adelaide were very keen on me. Um, And I was sort of reminded of that by my manager sort of post the national draft. And I was pretty confident going into that rookie draft and and my manager was as well that Adelaide would select me. So I didn't have that nervousness that I wouldn't get picked up. I was sort of pretty, um, pretty confident, but yeah. At the same time, I uh, I had no, I didn't give one bit of thought to the fact that I'd actually have to move state. I just sort <laughs> of said, "Oh, Adelaide's going to draft me, and that's great." And then, yeah, um, that I didn't I didn't think past that. <laughs> um, <laughs> given you, I've just finished school. You go to schoolies. It's all it's it's an amazing time of your life. Um, yeah. So you I went up to schoolies and yeah, I left on the bus on the Wednesday. I reckon I was going back to Melbourne regardless of whether I got drafted or not. Um, and on the bus, I was watching it with a with a mate of mine, and um, yeah, I was I was saw my name pop up at pick forty, and the next morning I was off to Adelaide. Wow, that's incredible! That's that's amazing. What was that like? Was there a moment that hit you where it's like I've got to move to Adelaide and move away from home? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it did. It was that night. I came back to Melbourne and. I actually remember being pretty upset, to be honest. Like, oh. I was very excited, but I was very, I, I was, yeah, I think you could call it upset. I was, I was really out of my, out of my comfort zone. And um, I remember sitting at dinner that night with my manager, my family, um, a celebratory dinner, and I remember feeling pretty apprehensive about it all. Um, and that whole first week in Adelaide, I was pretty homesick. I remember being. Oh. Um, I hadn't cried much up until that point, I don't think, in my life. But I remember being in tears at a few times during that week. Wow. Um, so I was very homesick, um, really didn't want to be there. And, yeah, it, it was a difficult – I don't remember it fondly, put it that way. It was sort of a difficult few weeks rather than a, a great few weeks. Well, that's a big thing for a kid of 18, 19 years old, isn't it, to move away from home um, – for a long period of time and be away uh, from their family. You know, I think you compare it to guys like Jason Horn Francis who seem to really struggle being away from home. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a struggle. Um, but at the same time, everyone goes through struggles. Like if the worst thing that happens to me is that I moved away from home at 18, then I'm pretty bloody fortunate. So yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to get drafted in Adelaide because um, it's taught me so many things um, and yeah. it's was ne- it wasn't easy at all um, 
it, it was it was it was quite difficult at times and quite lonely over there. Um, but at the same time, it was yeah some of the most incredible years I've ever had in my life. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, a great experience. So you walk into Adelaide on your first day through the big doors. What are you thinking? I was thinking I'm probably pretty average, and I don't know if I'm actually up to it <laughs> and I could be out of the system pretty quickly that's probably what I was thinking to be honest um I didn't have many I don't know how many people had many high hopes for me over there um yeah. but uh yeah I didn't walk in and I wasn't a who I don't know who the kids are these days like um who, who uh as an Archie Perkins for example yeah um I wasn't an Archie Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of people talk about the environment and culture and what that's like in Adelaide. We know Adelaide um, are always hard to beat at home. How do you observe and experience that environment around guys like Eddie Betts and Taylor Walker? Yeah, it was great, mate. We, um, I got there in 2014 and we, we our coach was uh, Brenton Sanderson was let go at the end of that year and we got mm-hmm. Bill Walsh in, um, in 2015, which was incredible. Um, so... Yeah. Was able to was able to be under play under him for for uh, yeah a, a year um, and he gave me my first game and and that was an amazing experience and then yeah sixteen seventeen we got going as a club um, and Taylor was made captain um, mm-hmm. and yeah I mean seventeen when I started playing it was a pretty amazing place to be in terms of the the, the, the when you look at the team on paper. It's a pretty amazing 2017. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, like the forward line was something else. So yeah, Adelaide Oval was the first. It was t- opened in 2014. So we were getting massive crowds to games. Um, we were getting sort of 50,000 every week, and we were up and going. And it was a pretty yeah, pretty special time for the club. I think um, looking back on it now. Um, so playing under those guys like Eddie and and then just the caliber of players we had and the firepower we had um yeah we we should have we should have won that premiership um when you look back at it but obviously Richmond were better on that day now it's a big leap to go from the San Flint 2014 then being elevated to the senior list what's behind Jack your work ethic and training throughout the year that uh really assisted you um to peak performance and to perform at the highest um oh oh, yeah I I worked pretty hard I, I, I mean I probably just as I got into the AFL system, I probably just took everything that I'd learned in my junior career and all the professional habits that I'd learned in my junior career into the AFL. Um, and I was able to keep improving. Um, yeah. I was still, even when I played in 2015, I was, I was, I was hopeless still. Like I, <laughs> I played a few okay games and then by pretty quickly I, um, I dropped off. Um, I remember Phil Walsh came up to me after probably my, sixth or seventh game and I probably I don't think I'd had a touch for a few weeks I was just like please someone drop me like I want I was begging to be dropped because <laughs> so I was like I'm genuine liability here and um Phil Phil for whatever reason really believed in me um and 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 probably one of the first coaches who I felt really empowered by um so he came up to me at training and said, mate, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to drop you this week. <laughs> like, he, he genuinely apologized to me. I'm like, mate, that yeah. is more than okay because yeah. you should have dropped me four weeks ago. So, um, yeah, um, my, my, my early memories of playing were, were, were great and special, but I quickly probably realized I was probably a bit off the level still. Um, and I had a lot of improvement to go because 
I mean, 2013, I was nowhere near AFL. By 2015, I was good play, but not at a high level. So, yeah, yeah I went back in 2016 and actually didn't play, play a game in 2016. I think we mm-hmm. had 26 players play that year or 27 players play. It was the, it was the s- smallest number of players in the league that they, they played, Adelaide. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there was a really solid group in the sample who consistently played each week um, together. And it was a really enjoyable year. I look back on that year with like really fond memories. Um, and yeah, was able to improve. I think that year leading into into twenty seventeen. So aerobic capacity is obviously a massive factor um, of a player. And in twenty seventeen, you obviously came first in the two K time trial. And there's lots of discussions around the two K time trial um, and whether it should stay or go. And what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Done your research, Jamie. I don't even remember. I, I won it that year. Um, <laughs> Mate, my my, I'm very fortunate that I'm an I'm, a, I'm an okay runner. Um, yeah, I've <laughs> certainly got other um aspects that let me down, but running's not running's one that comes quite easily to me. Um, mm-hmm. my thoughts on the two k are, <laughs> I probably don't want to speak out of tune here because I still am doing two k's, but I um I don't really pay much attention to them anymore, mate. Um, yeah, I have learned that what level I need to be at running wise to perform um, at, at AFL level. And yeah, the 2K doesn't really come into those plans. Um, it's sort of something I just don't even think about. And then I get to the start line and I'll give it a go. But I mean, I know what level I need to be at when I come back to pre-season. I know what level I need to be at um, come the new year when we do our second 2K. So yeah. I'm not too fussed with it. Um, I think it's probably a bit of an outdated test. Um yeah. But there's still merit in it in the fact that it tests people. It gives you a somewhat a somewhat of an idea of where you're at. Um, but yeah, by and large, I think um, training is far more important. Um, and I wouldn't spend too much time thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've spoken to a lot of people and like guys in the AFL, for example, Jack Steele at the Saints and Steele Sidebottom um, at Collingwood, obviously. And both of those guys have been um, in the top mix around um, for the 2K time trial. And they've had the perspectives that it's not really necessary in games. Like, when are you only ever going to run two kilometres in a game? It's like running a game's an average. I think it is for a midfielder of 14 or 15 Ks uh, a game. And I was, I was talking to Ali Blackburn from uh, the Western Bulldogs AFLW side last week, and she said, when is that ever necessary for one? And two, wouldn't it be better to put a timer on and see how far and distance you can cover in that time limit? Yeah, I mean, some clubs definitely do that test. I think, um, yeah, for me, I, I'm I'm pretty clear about where I need to be at. I mean, it might be beneficial for other players if you ask them, yeah. but yeah, I think um, I think you just general load in training gets you to a point in the season where um, you you should be really well prepared um to play AFL footy. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, if you do, if, if I think the biggest focus for players in preseason really should just be to complete every session. I think you yeah. can do that regardless of what. You can run the worst 2K when you come back. If you complete every session, you actually leave, you, you put yourself in a very strong position going into the season. Yeah. Um, and you should have, and, and off season should be about, or it is for me anyway, to prepare yourself to not get injured mm-hmm. and to put really strong foundations in place to not get injured over the preseason so you can complete every session. So, I mean, if you come back and you run a sort of, sub an average time um it's it's really not concerning especially for me because i feel like i've got the ability to quickly um 
get fit, um, which is yeah. which I'm very fortunate for. Um, yeah. And I probably have a million, or I do have a million other things that I should be focusing on in my game <laughs> rather than running. <laughs> you mentioned about the star factor and power you had in that 2017 list. Um, you were one of the star powers in that side, averaging almost 20 touches. Uh, again, now I want to get into the 2017 final series. You guys played in the qualifying final uh, against GWS, just blew them out of the out of the park um, and out of the way, beating them by 44 points, I believe it was. Does it seem in big matches and feel the stakes are higher, or do you remain composed and really trust your game? Um, oh, mate, I, I, I'm I'm probably never going to be the star of the show, so I I, I just try and approach every game. Um, pretty pretty normally um regardless of the stakes uh, obviously you understand when a big game is and when it isn't but i yeah. can't say that my i can't say i'm like dustin martin for example where he, he has the ability to just turn it on when it matters in big games and impact mm-hmm. um i probably just try and stay consistent as i can um across every game regardless of whether you're playing in front of five thousand people down in tasmania or um, you're at An- on Anzac Day at the MCG in front of a hundred thousand. So, um, I I really don't think about the sort of enormity of the game and whether that changes how I impacted it. It's sort of I sort of try and stay really consistent. So what was the next week in the prelim against? Oh, sorry, a couple of weeks later against Geelong, like blowing them out by about sixty points. I mean, I can't imagine the energy in those rooms after that game. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I I got sent. A video of that game the other day. I remember when Charlie Cameron kicked his first goal, and it was the first goal of the game. And I honestly have never felt noise like it. Um, <laughs> it was it was something else. Um, it was loud. It was certainly louder than the grand final the next week by yeah, right. by a long, long way. Um, it was an absolutely crazy that stadium that night. And yeah, looking back on it, it was probably yeah one of my fondest footy memories at the end of that game, walking around the around the stadium and and seeing. You know, so many people so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then I walked down down to the rooms, and my dad was very emotional. Um, and that was very, very a really special moment as well. To see your dad emotional like that, um, and for him to see you succeed after you watching him play footy for so many years as a kid, what was that like? Yeah, it was very special. So he um, he won a grand final in nineteen ninety with Collingwood. Um, yeah. And he obviously he he's not the most emotional man I wouldn't say. Um, uh, so I hadn't I, I probably hadn't ever seen him cry to be honest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when I when I walked down into that room and he he was crying and I and I, I think I asked my mum well why was he crying? Because um, yeah, and I think my dad more than anyone understood how hard it is to get to a grand final. Most yeah. people don't even understand how hard it is to get there. Like. You can you can be a top, you can be a top four side, but to actually get to a grand final, there's a whole lot of luck involved. Like the ball can bounce one way; it's a weird shaped ball. Like that can yeah. dictate a game. There's so yeah. many injuries. There's so many factors that contribute to a grand final. I mean, if you're a really good side, you got a solid system. Obviously, that gets you into a really strong position. Call it top four, but to then take the next step into a grand final, there's always a bit of unknown involved in that um and i think he really understood that um so for us to make it um i think he just sort of said to me like you you, you'll understand one day how hard these are and i think looking back sort of seven years later um i definitely appreciate that now given i haven't played a final since since uh since that year 
it must have been a surreal week, I imagine, in the lead up to the grand final. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Um, I was young. I was only 21, 22 years old. So I was I, I, I was trying to really appreciate it, but I don't think at that age you can have a full perspective of how hard it is to get there and yeah. how lucky you are to be there. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I go back there again, hopefully then I'll definitely probably approach it differently and focus more on the game rather than the outcome. Um, that was yeah. probably a learning from that week. Um, but it was an amazing experience, very special. Um, and yeah, it was a special, nervous, sort of anxiety-ridden, uh, yeah. amazing time in my life. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was special until we were blown out of the water. <laughs> You, t- you talk about um, what it was like. You don't realise how much work there was um, to put in to making that grand final. What about when you look at someone like Eddie Betts or Taylor Walker who have stuck at it for so many years and that was the opportunity, you know, they've been waiting for? Yeah, I know. And I remember seeing after the game, Dave McKay in tears and a lot of the older guys in tears because they really understand that that was probably their one shot. Um, yeah. And, yeah, no, I mean, as a young kid, you, you don't appreciate it fully. Um, and how can you? Like, you just haven't been there long enough to really appreciate it. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I was as gutted for them as I was for myself. But as a young kid, you always have that thought process that you'll be back there, mm-hmm. potentially, um, whereas those older guys didn't have that, unfortunately. Did you think you were going to be back there with that same team with Adelaide or did you feel it was going to be with another club? No, no, I was always of the belief that we had a really strong list and we would bounce back. Um, yeah. Obviously, that didn't transpire. But, um, yeah, looking at that list at the end of 2017, it was there was no reason why we couldn't have got back in 2018. So what went wrong from your point of view in that grand final? Um, mate, you know what? I, without having reflected on it too much, I, I, yeah. I don't try and get caught up in all that. But mm-hmm. I think at... Richmond were just on fire. Like they, they, they had so much momentum going into that game. They'd played at the MCG a few weeks in a row and had ninety five plus thousand there, yeah. and they were just <laughs> they were just they were just on fire. Like there was no, there was no real re like we, we didn't play our best. Sure, um, yeah. there was you could um, technically go into why we didn't play well in terms of executing our game plan, but there's mm-hmm. no one reason why we lost. I think Richmond were really good. We were poor and we lost on the day. And you see that happen. You've seen that happen the last few years. You look at GWS versus Richmond in 2019. You look at Sydney versus yeah. Long last year. Like it, it, it happens. Um, I think how you react to it um, is the most important part though. So how, when you speak on reacting it, how did you guys try and plan out that preseason to bounce back? Yeah, well, I mean... The, it, it was a difficult period for the club, no doubt. Um, 2018 was a very tough year for that for the football club. Um, some probably mistakes were made in how we reacted from that. Um, look, and, and I don't blame anyone for that. That's, that's no one's fault. That's just people at that club were trying to make us the best we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably didn't park it straight away. We, we let it linger. Um, yeah. And we probably overestimated how um, how it was our fault rather than how good Richmond were. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably put too much emphasis on it being our fault rather than Richmond's brilliance. 
Um, and that led to, which, which is a great thing to do because you take responsibility. But at the same time, you had to give, give the devil due and go, well, Richmond were, Richmond were very good on the day and we weren't. And we do have a good system. We have a good club. We have good coaches. And there's no reason why we can't bounce back. But yeah. the club probably went down a path of trying to um, change a few things and, and that didn't didn't fall in our favour. Um, and we obviously learned from that. And um, 2018 was probably a byproduct of, of how we reacted post-2017. So the end of 2021, you joined the Bombers as a free agent. What was your uh, uh, thinking behind this? Um, yeah, I, I was always keen to get back to Melbourne. Um, I always wanted – I wanted. I was really keen to play 100 games in Adelaide. Um, and when I did that in 20 oh, – I don't even know when it was, 2020 or 2021. Um, I think it was 2021. Yeah. I, um, I felt really fulfilled there albeit I didn't win a flag, but I felt like I'd really done Adelaide properly. And that was really important to me to not be someone who goes over to a city and then and at a football club and then and then pisses off after two or three years. Like that's, I just yeah. was really <laughs> strong on not being that person, albeit that there were definitely times when I wanted to do that. Um, yeah. I was really glad it didn't transpire um, in the end. And I met so many amazing people and I still have such great relationships with people at Adelaide and I love the club that um, I'm, I re- feel really fulfilled there. And then, yeah, at the end of 2021, I um, just felt right. And, um, yeah, Essendon were obviously interested and thought it was a fantastic opportunity. You seem to fit straight into that Essendon side um, and the team in a consistent season from yourself in terms of playing games and your own personal performance. How did you feel being able to... And what was that like to establish yourself in a side consistently? And what was that like? Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, the back line was relatively new together. They had been plucked from a few other positions um, to make a yeah. sort of makeshift back line. And I loved going in there. And um, they obviously got me for a reason. And um, I had a really enjoyable year last year. Uh, obviously, it was it was bloody difficult at times um, yeah. when you're losing. That that, But in, I've sort of got some really good perspective now i think in terms of you know it's 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 we're very lucky to do what we do um and regardless of the win loss although that does change things somewhat i always walk in and and i'm I'm fortunate to go to work and around 40 other people who 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 are some of my best mates and people i love spending time with so i love going into the club um and it's it's made it really easy to fit in on field as well because of the quality of people we've got at the club. Um, they're just really great kids um, and really great people. Obviously, being more uh, experienced in terms of games um, out of that side, how did you feel about leading that backline group last year? Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was hard, as I said. The, the ball was coming down pretty hot. Um, so it was difficult at times. Um, but, look, I, I don't feel like I lead it at all. I feel like we, we each carry a load and, and guys like Jaden Laverde, Ridley, Mason, um, Nikki Hine, as you mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, they're just they're great people, and 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 I really enjoy playing down there with them. Um, and they all lead in their own way. Andy McGrath's come in this year and been been sensational, um, and obviously is vice vice captain. So, yeah, we're not short of leadership down there. Yeah, absolutely. What's this process and the last few weeks been like for you at the club? Um, in terms of my concussion, or just in general. Uh, just in general, in terms of general fitness. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been difficult. Uh, 
we we've played some pretty hard teams, so um, mm. it's never easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a long term view about where we're going, although we want to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we run into no illusions that we're still embedding a system, um, and that's going to take some time. Like I said, to do it consistently over four quarters. What was that like to beat Melbourne by um, a reasonable margin of points and a decent win from you guys on your behalf? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I think that really gave us some belief that our system will stand up against the best teams, like I said before. Yep. And then post the Melbourne game against Collingwood when we were up by 30 points leading into the last quarter, like it was an, another bit of evidence that we can do it. But then there's also evidence that we can't do it consistently and that's showing in the fourth quarter of that game. So we're still learning to consistently do it. Um, I mean, we've only been working on this for sort of quarter eight months. So yeah. there's um there's plenty of improvement left. There's a lot of talk around the club in terms of there's not a lot of experience in being able to maintain a 38-point lead um, like you guys did at three-quarter time against the Pies. What was that like? And, I, I mean, obviously building experience is um, the key to winning a premiership. Um, yeah, I mean, mate, experience is is, is learnt um, by playing games and you're going to – the only way to do that is to um, – yeah, get players in who are young um, and expose them to the level and expose them to big games. So that's what the club's doing really well um, and that takes time. So, I mean, having those experiences and playing in such big games like Essendon do, Dreamtime, Anzac Day, in front of big crowds at the MCG, they hold us in really good stead for games like finals and grand finals. So you guys have West Coast next week and North Melbourne the week after. How are you feeling about those games? Yeah, mate, confident. I mean, uh, we don't, I don't really, to be honest, look at it. I don't even know we were playing sort of North Melbourne in two weeks. I don't really, it's sort of very much about day by day, week by week. Look, well, yeah, you could say that if you want to be cliche. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> versus, mate, it's very much our, what are we doing as a club rather than what others are doing. We, we focus on aspects of other teams' games that we try to exploit, but if we embed out, if we if we can bring effort and we bring intensity and we bring our system, mm-hmm. we've shown that we can be competitive. We've got the personnel to be competitive against against the best team. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling positive about tonight. I'm feeling positive about going forward for the rest of this year. To be honest, so the guys got Richmond at the G tonight. Who do you feel is going to take the reins from the Bombers' side and really shine? Um, who's going to take the reins? Well. Mate, I reckon Archie Perk is in for a big game, um, yeah. little Archie. So, um, great kid. So, I reckon he'll he'll kick a, kick a lot of goals and help himself with 20-odd touches. So, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully the, the, those guys like Ben Hobbs as well can get some really good midfield minutes in a big game. Um, yeah. And then that, that, that's valuable experience for guys like that. Um, obviously, Hobbs has signed a two-year deal this year. So, yeah. I mean, so this week. Um, so, yeah, getting him to the midfield consistently for long periods with Zach Merritt and Dylan Schill um, is going to be so invaluable for those guys. Absolutely. Jake, thanks so much to come on for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute uh, honour to have you on and best of luck for the rest of the season. Appreciate it, Maxi. Really, really appreciate you having me on. Jake, thanks so much. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. We'll see you soon. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.